All right, welcome, folks. It is Friday, January 13th. You're here with myself, Chris. And I'm Drew. And I'm Logan. And today we are talking about uh, something that I had not thought about in a while, but is a pretty interesting and controversial topic. And that is the hack back attack. And it sounds great rolling off the tongue, but it's it doesn't sound too great in actual practice. Um, and for the for the uninitiated, hackback attacks are, are really talking about how um, you can defend yourself in the results of or like basically if you get hacked, you can hack somebody back and like, oh yeah, cool, you can retaliate. And Drew pointed me to this this bill uh, on congress.gov, HR 3270. And there is a brief summary of what this bill would do. And it says, this bill limits the prosecution of computer fraud and abuse offenses where the conduct constituting an offense involves a response to or defense against a cyber intrusion. And Drew, you have, a, you have another good description about what it means to have a hackback policy within the private sector. Yeah, so this definition was you know, being used uh, when this bill was introduced. And it is in the private sector... Hackback means non-government organizations take intrusive actions against a cyber attacker on technical assets or systems not owned or leased by the person taking actions or their client. Essentially, this like bill would direct the Department of Homeland Security to kind of study the risk and benefits of allowing private organizations to respond in kind to cyber attacks, ransomware attacks, et cetera, which generally would be illegal uh, in like the U.S. because of the CFAA and other laws going against uh, talking about, you know, intrusion. Oh, boy. Where do we even start with this? Uh, I think Drew said it before we started recording, but I'm really internalizing this as it's so American. It's like digital stand your ground law. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really what it is. <laughs> and it's also it's also probably uniquely American in the sense that of all the countries that would need to have some sort of deterrence like this, America is near the top. You see all these ransomware attacks. You see all this crazy stuff that's hitting our infrastructure and. Yeah, you know, we, we don't know for sure where it's coming from. It's like, oh, it's Russian organized crime or it's, you know, some hackers from North Korea or China. But just in terms of the scale of the attacks that various countries see, especially on you know, large scale enterprises or like critical infrastructure or stuff like that, you know, my sense is that the United States is kind of far and away the top target. So it makes sense that, that folks are thinking that, well, that folks that, aren't involved in the cybersecurity space, you're thinking about this as like a reasonable way to, to help protect. But I can't imagine this is actually, this, this is going to cause more problems than it solves, in my, in my opinion. I, <clears throat> I bet you're right. Um, <laughs> I do wonder, uh, the authors of this bill, when it was written, are they imagining the private sector, for example, like just taking down someone else's network? Maybe to like cut off um, some command and control software, or is it what I think? I think the I think where you're kind of erring there is that you believe the folks that are behind this bill have envisioned what this bill means. 
<laughs> I, I would like to think so. <laughs> Drew, you're you're the you're the person that knows more about about government stuff. What do you think? Uh, I think what this is is it, it was introduced as a method to deter attackers from other countries um, from hacking American uh, companies. And a, a lot of the times, the reason why people generally support items of this such is because there is no recovery. There is no recourse that really could happen when a company is broken into. And a lot of times you have to remember a company is not broken into for a long while, you know, it was for corporate espionage, stealing IP, stealing what makes that company unique, and then importing it into whatever country that it was, you know, stolen from. Um, and for a very, like, well-regarded, uh, like, example of this, uh, let's look at Huawei telecommunication systems, right? Mm -hmm. They steal American IP all the time, so much so that, if there was a vulnerability like on a Cisco router, uh, that same vulnerability would be on a Huawei router. Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> impressive. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they've had shady dealings with T-Mobile where they've stolen a ton of IP, and, and there's just tons of other cases of it, right? So people are kind of getting sick of of just not being able to do anything. So the idea of hackback attack in this regard is a like a digital self-defense type of item. Mm -hmm. Now in the government space, uh, in the intelligence space and military space, the term that is used and it's been used is active defense. So active defense. <laughs> active defense. That's yeah. It, oh, yeah. man. When I was writing like government contracts and, and, and grants for the research lab. I remember being told, yeah, you can't say that you're going to be like hacking people. And I was like, what? what? Yeah, but that's what we're going to like. That's what we are doing. Like, what, what are we not doing like, hey, loud? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you, you call it active defense. And I was just like, no way. Okay. So then I started looking up like active defense contracts. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> the U.S. government is literally paying private companies to break into other places under active defense and time to google <laughs> active defense careers uh, yeah no it is um i mean there's a ton of like little wordings like that and that is what i mean this bill literally uses um active cyber defense um as the wording and, and that's what it is it's the ability to do more than just have a um, not just a passive offense, but go further than just stopping an attack. And, you know, personally, uh, I am at a, for a larger view of this, I am for hackback attacks. Um, you would. But, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, not because, you know, then my company could just be contracted to hack other, you know, organized crime groups and stuff that i mean hey, whoa, 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 whoa actively defending against other uh, organized yeah, yeah, crime yeah. groups that's <laughs> right stop saying the quiet part out loud <laughs> but i um uh i think there are problems not just with 
legislation that's been introduced. Um, but with the, the biggest problem, and I think everyone notes this as the first thing they think about when they think about hackback attack is attribution. Like, how do you properly attribute Absolutely. things? I, no. I can tell you with certainty there are attacks that companies have said are from, like, Russia. And it's just like, mm-hmm. no, man. <laughs> that literally, <laughs> like, it's from our own intelligence agencies. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you hack back against the CIA? <laughs> Only if you want to wow. get hacked wow. into pieces. Yeah, that was uh, that was Chris that said that. Uh, <laughs> I am and not. Shows I, over. Yeah, guys, there's somebody at the front door knocking. Be right back. <laughs> Sorry, is that? Uh, I think we're experiencing technical difficulties here. And goodbye. No. <laughs> yeah, no. The um, uh, it would be for that would be an interesting item. Of course, the U.S. government does not, um, you know, actively attack its own you know businesses and, and, and u.s companies and stuff like that 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 would be illegal kind of like mass surveillance but um <laughs> <laughs> um but on this it, it is <clears throat> it is viewed by some people that that want it it is viewed as a digital self-defense type of ruling and it is viewed as a deterrent for attackers going against companies. Because think about it. If you were to hack, let's say, Alphabet, right? Which is the parent company for Google, for anyone who doesn't know. If you were to hack them, Google has a lot of resources to like really make your life suck. And, <laughs> and they have a lot of really good <laughs> hacker Re- people. <laughs> working yeah, at active hacker defense hacker people. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> active defenders. <laughs> <laughs> and... And y'all just love that word now, don't you? I, I really do. <laughs> um, we should just do an episode on like code words and what they really mean in government contracting. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, but what people always bring up, the number one thing outside of attribution, because like, oh, how do you know who it really is? Is how do you control how far someone goes with this? Collateral damage. How do you prevent... And this is what people get worried about is they're like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with a private company having the ability to hack back on things. Um, I'm okay with government being able to do that, though. To which I'm like, okay, well, how far into the government are you willing to like let that go? Do you only want the federal government to have that capability? Do you only want the military to have that capability? Intelligence agencies? Do you want law enforcement to have it do you want local law enforcement right we're moving away what what this does is it allows us as a country to move away from the limitations between title 10 and title 50 um, which is the in large part uh gives the military the ability to go past a saying known as one hop so um with with that that means like you can do intrusions that are you know multiple hops into another country and hackback itself allows people to take that and and start going past you know just even one hop is illegal right now right so title 50 
is what the intelligence community uses. And it's kind of like the one hop rule that allows for a um, like clandestine operations to, to happen. But you can't go too much further, supposedly, with under Title 50. Where Title 10 is um, military and they can go as far as they want. Which is why if you see, you know, in our intelligence agencies, we have super smart nerds and geeks that are hacking. And then what happens is someone from the military has to hit enter. Literally, that's what happens. Is the nerds hack it up and then the military has to hit enter. Right? Hmm. So this idea of hack back, let's move away from the bill. It was introduced and it went nowhere. But this idea of hackback is giving those private companies the ability to hit enter, to, to do more than just forensics investigations. And I, I, I personally am just worried about, you know, people are like, oh, let's, let's, let's the government, like we can trust the government for doing this stuff. Um, and we can't trust private companies. And it's always because of that over overreaching capability. And they're always worried about that. I'm just like, I want to, I want to do a follow-up to something that Logan asked earlier, just to kind of like bring it back to that. It's like, Oh, what were the folks envisioning in this bill? Was it like, Oh, they're going to go, go after command and control. Like you're going to be able to just like shut down their network, whatever. And it's like, I don't think that you can even codify something like that in law. Right. Is it like the way that you can take the effects of hacking and put it into some verbiage and actually make it enforceable like that, that's one of the many problems with this notion of making this sort of thing legal. You would have to just basically say, like, look, if you know that that's the target and they were hacking, you can hack them back. And like, whatever you think hacking is, like, go, go for ham. it. The systems. Yeah, yeah go ham. Um, and so, like, so, yeah, the definitions alone are just, even if you had, even if you tasked like us, if you tasked folks that work in the cybersecurity space to like put language together to define a limit to what you can do if you're going to do hack back. We'd, we'd probably be, be able to come up with something better than what is currently written. But that alone of defining the scope of what you are permitted to do is a hairy enough question uh, to prevent this from being actually enforced. So the bill itself does a better job than, than I first thought it was going to do. Because when I first saw this you know, in, in 2019, um, I actually had another company reach out to me. And they're like, hey, have you heard about this? And I was like, no, like, what is this? Like, <clears throat> and, and this was actually um, after I was spending some time with representatives in D.C. talking about improving general cybersecurity infrastructure for on a national scale for like critical infrastructure and other items which are currently compromised and just are a ticking time bomb here in the U.S., and um, I, I was surprised. Is it, is it written perfectly? No, but, but they do define limits. They do put some limits in it. They, they do define, you know, what is an attacker? Um, what is, you know, a defender? What does active cyber defense measures mean? And though we, we think about Congress of not being technical, which <clears throat> the Congress members themselves are not, even the ones that think they're technical um, are not. My funniest, like, I always love it when I'm talking to a senator or, like, a House of Representative person. 
And they're like, oh, you can explain it to me how you want. I'm also very technical. Like one person was like, I was a SQL admin for three years. And I was just like, <laughs> really? All right. No, I, I kid you not. He tells me that every single time. I, like he doesn't <laughs> like they don't remember who I am um, because they see a million people. Right. And I'm not seeing them every single day. All they know me as is, oh, yeah, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm that one tech guy from Arizona. Um, but they like <laughs> in, in particular, one House of Representative member always reminds me whenever we're in a meeting like, oh, I was a SQL admin. You can be as technical as you want. And the answer is, no, you can't. You have to break it down like a kindergartner um, because they think they're technical, but they don't understand what technical means. Right. And um, but on that, they do have advisors who are technical and they are taking more and more, you know, uh, paying more attention to these advisors that are technical. And you can still see the ones that have tech, like terrible technical advisors. But this, this bill, though not perfect, was, you know, done, done much better than I thought it was going to be. So, so it makes me feel better about where Hackback would be going. <laughs> Well, okay. Okay. Well, if it makes you feel better here, I have the text in front of me because this bill is actually super short. Um, here is the, the active cyber defense measure that this is referring to. The term active cyber defense measure means any measure that is undertaken by or at the direction of a defender and consisting of accessing without authorization, the computer of the attacker to the defender's own network to gather information in order to Establish attribution of criminal activity to share with law enforcement and other United States government agencies responsible for cybersecurity. Disrupt continued author unauthorized activity against the defender's own network or monitor the behavior and attacker to assist in developing future intrusion prevention or cyber defense techniques. Uh, I really like the second bullet point of disrupting. Disrupt them like, digitally? Disrupt the continued unauthorized. Be like, I disrupted his head by a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you Boom, you just got hacked back. <laughs> hey. hey. Don't, don't you know hackers can turn your computer into a bomb? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, Firefox tries to do that every day. <laughs> but, um, there, are, there are technical consultants, and they do, do help with it. And yes, you, you, you do have help here. But even, even the case, like, yes, it's using the term disrupt. And okay, so now we're going to go to court and try to argue that like, Yes, when I was like basically shutting down that entire network, like that was disrupting it. And oh, and there's also it, it has some like, oh, it does not include conduct that intentionally destroys or renders inoperable information that does not belong to the victim that is stored on another person or entity's computer. So you can do it. You just can't intentionally do it. It's like, I, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to focus on this part too much because there is the, there is the, okay, what would even be permissible under the law of this specific bill? And it is not just this specific bill that we should be talking about with Hagback. And you brought up attribution. And I think that is a much more interesting problem than how do you is this so hard. It's so yeah, hard. And, oh, it's, and yes. for the uninitiated, here's think of, let's say you're watching the Three Stooges. And one of them slaps one of the others in the face. And the other one thinks that the third guy did it. And so he slaps the third guy in the face. That's cyber attribution. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it is. That is the hardest part with this is like, how do you do the attribution part, right? But if you can do attribution correctly, which again is a very hard problem, people seem to be okay with the idea of hackback. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. 
Um, it is illegal to hack, you know, others' computers here in the U.S., even if you're hacking some other countries' um, computers or some other private companies' computers. But we have YouTube channels that have millions of subscribers that are literally hacking organized crime, Indian fake call centers, and everyone cheers on that, right? Mark Rober, Mark Rober, like the really famous YouTuber, even uh, partnered with one of those groups. So it's like it's very much in mainstream. Oh yeah, that and this oh, is it, the, permissible. Pe- people are fine with it as because they're like, oh yeah, we're attacking the bad guys. But then you're like, okay, yeah, like other individuals should be able to do this, and, and then everyone freaks out, and it's just like, ah, so so you're okay with it at some level, and the level seems to be like, oh yes, they are attributing it correctly. So if you can solve the attribution problem, the other issues that people are talking about, the collateral damage, the, these other items, they seem to care less about that in actuality because they support these huge YouTube channels. That is channels. a good point. And, I mean, let's, let's get back to the problem of attribution because, yeah, we, we have again gone around like, well, if you can solve attribution. But the thing is, the channels that you're talking about are like – it's it's the scam where you're sent a text message or uh, an email, whatever, saying like, "Oh, you, you we're about to charge you three hundred fifty dollars for your McAfee." Like, like press right. this button to do whatever, and then you end up talking to a support agent, quote unquote, in a call center in India, and so there's direct attribution. You are actually talking to the person that you are hacking back. But attribution is, I'll tell you what, every Fortune five hundred company that gets hacked soup to nuts is like apt we attributed it to apt it's russian 100 <laughs> no, right yeah russian or chinese apt like i get that 100 <laughs> percent. like we've we've worked on engagements where they're like yeah this is apt right and i was like no this is like some low level like organized crime group not even sophisticated and the, like the CISO was just like are you sure i uh <laughs> pretty sure it's gonna be, our guys say it's apt and i was like no no, it's an automated script that they use to actually find your vulnerability. <laughs> like, here's the script that they use. Uh, <laughs> so, so you are correct there, Chris. But then, would you be okay with war botting? Um, and, and for anyone who doesn't know that term, um, it is a older term, which was in reference of you would join a botnet in order to then take down that botnet. That sounds pretty dope. I'm into that. How do researchers take down botnets and that's sanctioned? Warbotting. That is, is that warbotting? Okay. No, no, no. Well, no, nope. that's, that, you can, that's one yeah, technique for taking down and botnets, you, but you, you can, can also, like, like, a big thing is taking, uh, going after the DNS records. Over the command and control. Yeah. They use like domain name generation algorithms and then you would work with DNS registrars to be like, look, these domain names cannot be registered anymore. So they couldn't phone up to the CNC. There's all sorts of stuff you do for botnets. Um, there's even research that's been done where somebody co-opted a big chunk of a botnet because they found the malware and then like reverse engineered the malware and then changed the malware to take the actual payload out of it but then let it continue running. And they ended up owning like half the botnet, but that half of the botnet wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and they were doing it for research purposes. And that didn't, didn't get him in trouble. Academic researcher. What a great paper. Yeah, but it, but, but it did get him in hot water uh, until they were like, oh yeah, this is uh, acceptable. Because I, I remember that case where, it, I mean, that person was worried for a long time, uh, for a little while, while they are trying to determine if this was, ethically you know done ethically or not um 
But what what is that? <clears throat> it's a company that starts with D. I know you know. I know both of you all know this. They're no Dimbala. longer around. Yes, thank you, Chris. Dimbala, right? Um, they they were going after you know using DNS records, like Chris was saying. Um, but there have been researchers that have done warbotting, where they've infected themselves, got into, and these are for less sophisticated botnets. This is you know, warbotting was the cool thing to do when botnets were all ran through IRC. And um, so we're talking, you know, 2005, 2006 time frame. Winamp days. Uh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, Better days. <laughs> so, so, you know, there are researchers who have taken down botnets by infecting themselves, right? There are researchers who have done it through the methods, which Chris have also mentioned. But again... The idea of hackback and a larger term, you know, once you start talking about it, people seem okay with it. But I don't think, uh, right now, I think the biggest problem outside of attribution, outside of control, is the collateral damage that can happen because of it. No, no, no. I'm going to pause there. I still want to talk about attribution. We have not actually talked about attribution. We said it's hard. Why is attribution hard? Why is attribution hard? Because you can make yourself look like anyone you want online. And that happens constantly. That happens constantly. Fake flag attacks or false flag attacks. And by the way, the U.S. is really good at them. Uh, Like the whole thing where it's like, oh, yeah, this is making it look like. (laughs) Yeah, like literally we wrote the book. (laughs) We we made Tor. (laughs) And Tor is real handy with this sort of stuff. Um, Like the the... Yeah, like not not only is it like how the hell do you attribute to anything? Is it going to be IP address? Is it going to be like oh, I got a copy of the software and I see that there's comments that, that are written in Russian or that are written in Chinese? Is it going to be um, you know there's a username or an email? Like what do you actually use to do the attribution? Like like the 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 phone call center scam things you have the guy on the phone and he is connected to your computer and there is like actual evidence of that happening. So it's like, okay, this is very obviously this person, this specific person that I'm talking to and I'm now tricking them. I'm actually social engineering them into running my software. So it's like, there's no, there's no, (laughs) there's no wiggle room for, for getting it wrong. But I don't think, I don't think that there's really any way that you'd be able to do this successfully because this would also be weaponized. If this is the idea that it's like, okay, it's fine to do so long as like you, you know, do the attribution and you know that it's uh, going to be whoever, then tell you what, like I'm going to run an Nmap scan. I'm going to go to Logan's house, pull my laptop out and run an Nmap scan against Drew's house <laughs> and then go home. <laughs> and then Drew and Lo- Logan can duke it out. And then when Drew attacks Logan, Logan's like, oh, got a hack back, and then attacks true, and they go go to war, and then we're down to one host on this podcast. And I know that y'all don't want that. <laughs> I don't know. Does the one host have to keep on? Do they do all the edits? Oh, this sounds favorable oh, now. No. <laughs> didn't think it all the way through. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so yes. So let's let's break that down. So you're okay if I was able to call you while you were at Logan's house, you would be okay with me hackbacking you. 
If you knew that it was me and I was hacking you, I would kind of deserve it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I so. wouldn't be okay with it, but if it happened, I'd be like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Um, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, joining the DEF CON wireless network in 20, 2012, right? You're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to get hacked. I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's less like that, I've heard. Um, but I've never joined, so I don't know. Um, so, so then if you were able to take a photo of, if, if they had a webcam and you're able to, you broke into their computer to do some discovery, um, but you're not creating active harm um, and you took a photo of that person who was using the computer at that time, would that be okay with you? Because I got, I got, it's kind of a trick question. Like, like so, like, like, because you don't know it's them yet. Right. So, but you're computer- crossing that line to be like, oh, you're, you're actually venturing into the realm of, because like, let's say that they're naked in front of their computer, right? As like, well, as I am right now in this conversation. Right. Like, then well, you potentially get. <laughs> 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 now, what I'm saying is, how do you know that's actually the person who's doing the hacking still? You don't, because they could just be a zombie computer, right? They could be a victim themselves. A, a true attacker doesn't use their own computer, right? They're like, oh, what, 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 what? <laughs> we should get a, is that a bumper sticker that you're trying to sell? <laughs> Real attackers use other people's computers. <laughs> I mean, they should if, if they want to, you know. I, it, literally part of the false flag doctrine is like, don't, don't use your own stuff. Use, use your enemy's stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> And this is not, never mind. Uh, uh, was about to say something held back. Well, that, Sorry. That Sorry, audience. Me, that, that reminds me of um, the DEF CON talk where somebody's laptop, like basically somebody broke into this hacker guy's, was it? Well, no, he stole, he stole, he stole his laptop and then he broke into his own computer to track down where that person was. Right, right, right. And then in the DEF CON talk, he, so, so for the, for the uninitiated, there's a guy, his computer got stolen and um, months later realized that his computer was back online and it apparently had not been fully reformatted or anything like that. So it actually had uh, this service running on it where you could SSH into it, despite the fact that it was on a residential IP. And so he did that and then he took a bunch of pictures or he, he found a bunch of pictures on the computer of the person that was now using it. And a bunch of those pictures were like, naked like it was a guy and he had been taking pictures to share with no fully naked like there's literally one where they have to they have to censor out his his nether regions and it's a picture (laughs) from above in the shower which like bring their phone into the shower to take pictures like that to begin with and this was years ago so it's probably a digital (laughs) camera and one of the things that like when i saw that talk i was like yo this might be an innocent person like if you stole the laptop you're probably selling it so like yeah, it might be the the laptop that was ill gotten, but now this dude has his like life on blast. Sexual, yeah, <laughs> life on blast at a freaking conference, and that is now like a very highly viewed YouTube video. And it's like that. There's no evidence that that is the guy that did it. Well, we in in the U.S. Not I'm not saying that is correct um, to do <clears throat> in the U.S. I think what, the there shower are picture laws. thing. No. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, in the U.S., I, I think it's still illegal to purchase um, goods that you know are stolen. 
and I believe it, who it, says it was that he found. Knew that it was stolen? Uh, I think in the investigation they found that it, the person knew he was buying a stolen good, or or mm. he himself stole it. Like there, there was there was more to that story than we don't know who this person was. Um, if he's the one that stole the laptop, I'm okay with that. But he might just be the one that like bought off Craigslist, right? Yeah, yeah. And oh, second hand, like they. they no, when you're yeah. buying a computer from somebody else directly, knowing that it's stolen is it's difficult. Not so easy. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know if it's stolen, just ask them for the BIOS password and they won't have it. Um <laughs> does, does Mac, MacBooks don't have a BIOS password. Oh yeah, I've actually never bought MacBooks used on, on Craigslist. I've only this bought probably wasn't a MacBook. Probably wasn't yeah. a MacBook. No, it was a MacBook. It was a clamshell, I thought, MacBook. Like Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, we have to find a link to this but talk. We'll post it. it in the show notes. We'll post yeah, this yeah, link yeah. to this talk because it is. We're an just putting it on blast more. Like, yeah, this is really, this is really reprehensible that they but, did it. Anyway, here's the video. <laughs> but, but, uh, well, that, that's what I was saying. In this particular case, I don't think it is re- reprehensible because there was more investigations that were done on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it comes back to what is an acceptable level of attribution. Again, that phone call, making that phone call, that's an acceptable use of attribution. I mean, in my, the reason that that seems fine to me is that it's beyond any, like it, it is, it is provable. Like I know that it is this person. So if Mandiant says this malware is made by this group and you know what ranges that group uses for IPs, is that acceptable then? No, because I guess the the thing that gets me with the with the like the attribution in those videos is, you know, it's them, you know, it's their IP, and you know they're currently on it, right? Like there really is, and there's there's this back and forth authentication that like, and what while this is happening, you actually have the person be like, hey, wait, what what's going on? Yeah, it's like yes, we okay, so we we have like basically poked across the internet with like a, a sharp stick, like ow, it's like yes, so I know it's you. but what if what if they don't do that and you just deleted this person's computer what if they're just like that's that's potentially bad yeah that's potentially bad and 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 this is this is what i'm trying to get at is the collateral damage no no oh no no never mind let's see if that feels like collateral damage to me everyone everyone has an acceptable risk tolerance when it comes to i think the idea of hackback and the security industry, rightfully so, in my opinion, has a very um, strong opinion about like, uh, we probably shouldn't allow this to happen um, for private citizens or private companies just to be able to do this. I, I don't know right? the whole security industry. Is uh, all of the people that are on the defensive side, are like, and then a lot of the <laughs> offensive firms are like, this sounds like a great business opportunity. Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the groups like, like Rapid Seven, I know Rapid Seven's official business stance is like, nope, we don't like hackback. Same with Dell SecureWorks, um, IBM, and, and stuff like that, because they've made statements about this, right? Even before this bill was introduced, I mean, the person who there are people who were literally owners of their own company who were then pushed out of their company because they said, "I believe in hackback attacks," right? They should have called it active defense back. No problem. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I think they were talking to RSA when they said it. Um, oh man! And 
we all know who this person is. I won't name them on, on the podcast, but uh, they were very for hackback attack, right? And this is 2011, 2010-ish, when they're like making public statements. But would you feel more comfortable if it was a government group that was leading companies to do these hackback attacks? If DHS had a arm and it was just like, we work with these 100 defense contractors so that and we allow I, them to do hackback. Yeah, go ahead, Logan. Uh, my thing is <clears throat> that would definitely assuage the legal concerns, but that I don't think would touch any of the underlying ethical quandaries. Right. It might or, actually I mean, make it, them worse. Yeah, it might make it worse. Just... <laughs> well, that, that's, that was my point in the very beginning is like, we're okay. So we're okay with the military doing active defense. We're okay with the intelligence community doing active defense. And I say that broadly because they do it right now. Right. Um, are we okay with local law enforcement doing it? Like where, where's that level of trust lost oh, on the spectrum? Not. Right. Like <laughs> I would think that it would be like, Oh, intelligence agencies are doing this. Nope. Don't, don't do it. Like <laughs> we don't allow that. Right. <laughs> Can't trust those folks, right? They uh, they they go do things like topple governments and stuff, or at least they try. And uh, this argument, a lot of the hate comes down to on the attribution side. If we go, you know, address that problem, and I know we haven't addressed it, and it's an impossible thing to address. If it comes down to um, how do we trust these organizations? The question is, do you already trust our organizations that we have established that are doing this right now, or, or do you not? And what's the difference between them doing it and a private company that has oversight from them doing it versus just a private company doing it? Like Google, I don't think, I think Google would be, I don't know Google, I don't know their legal team, I don't, you know, I'm not friends with everyone on their, their <laughs> if, cybersecurity If they're doing team. it, I guarantee you the legal uh, team does not know about it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying they're doing it. <laughs> But I'm saying I think Google would be more discerning about what they do and how they do it to an organization if they were doing hackback than local law enforcement would. (laughs) Pretty much anybody will be more discerning than local law enforcement (laughs) on anything, (laughs) at least within the the technical realm. And this is is why Harris doesn't sell, you know, the, um, the, 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 the hailstorm cellular systems to local law enforcement because of that exact reason, right? But <laughs> because then you get an overlay network of hailstorm <laughs> across the city. Um, uh so <clears throat> so so I think outside of attribution the biggest thing is like how, how do you prevent going too far on this, right? How do you prevent excessive force on digital hackback? And I and that is the part, <laughs> and you don't. And exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is that is the part I think has more credence to the argument against hackback than the attribution part does. Mm. Um, attribution is important, and and it is a huge part. But I think, let's say, some magical, you know, Chat GPT has now been able to attribute every cyber actor in the world, right, accurately. Um, and uh, because supposedly, I mean, uh, just reading on the LinkedIn post, <laughs> Chat GPT could do everything. Uh, well, it's, called, it's called Chat APT in that case. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it it comes down to, uh, I, I think, how do you prevent 
someone going too far? And, and that's the harder question to answer, in my opinion, than the attribution part. At the at, don't, don't get me wrong. The attribution part is not solved, and we're not going to solve it in a hour-long podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are harder questions about hackback um, that I think need to be addressed before it becomes a real thing. And this is from someone who is largely okay with the idea of hackback attacks, right? Like I am largely okay with that idea. Um, but I do worry about not just the collateral damage aspect, but the going too far aspect. And what does, what does going too far mean? I don't know. It's different for everyone. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm over here thinking about it. And I think what we'll ultimately need to do is just pass a law like this. And since we live in America where we have common law, where um, the law is really based on judicial decisions instead of what's written, we'll just have to live in the Wild West for a couple of years and see what happens. And then we'll well, define I was, it. Yeah. Th- th- this is what that bill was saying. Is like this is, There's going to be a two-year demo of this, this HR 3270, mm. 3270. It was like, we're going to have a two year demo of this to see, you know, it's a study essentially. You know, it's funny in this, in the language of this bill, you know, one of the things is for you to get the legal protection. What? <laughs> you have to tell the FBI that you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It literally, it literally, okay. So notification requirement for the use of active cyber defense measures Generally, a defender who uses an active cyber defense measure under the preceding section must notify the FBI National Cyber Investigative Joint Task Force and receive a response from the FBI acknowledging receipt of the notification prior to using the measure. So uh, just a receipt, not a blessing. <laughs> in the events that they don't like what you're doing, you told them that you're doing it. <laughs> you, you told the branch of the government that will investigate you for it what you did. Oh, my God. Gonna work too well. I, mean, I, I so so. Your point, Logan, about it being the Wild West is like honestly, the codifying this stuff into law is super thorny, and like also private sector companies that are getting hacked. These big Fortune five hundred companies that like don't have even the defensive capabilities to do this stuff correctly sure as hell aren't going to be able to do the attribution correctly so maybe they hire a company like Mandiant to do it but you then think that they're going to have the sufficient offensive abilities to like do anything about it absolutely not <laughs> like like there's no there's no way in hell they're even going to have the ability i would say like this this what we see currently in hackback and you look at like you look at like what's going on with um what's going on with the uh ukraine war is like you ask for forgiveness, not permission. Uh, there's plenty of you know the whole IT army of Ukraine <laughs> thing where it's like join this Telegram channel and then join our attacks against Russia. It's like my lots mind. of Americans doing it, <laughs> and oh well, you know that get in trouble. Well, not, not yeah, supposed I, to be doing it. I mean, are they? Th- that's the thing is the consequences of things like that don't happen until years later, right? And sometimes they just never happen. Um, depending on what side you're fighting for and, and in the end, who becomes the, who wins, you know, not just who wins, but <clears throat> what can be used as a political tool, right? Mm. If, if giving you up can be used as a political tool to advance the state department's agenda, state department is going to be like, ha ha, sucker. 
Uh, and <laughs> I got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like, hey, that uh, that deal we needed to go down in Belarus. Yeah, it's going down now. And, uh, <laughs> Guys, we got, <laughs> we got um, a great, great second so, for you. So, so, so don't think everyone is free and clear with that. And that, that's, you know, that's because you have no top cover, right? Um, you're, you're literally hacking, asking, hoping that, that you are never going to be used as a political tool or, or that the side that you're hacking is, is winning. And obviously, you know, hopefully the Ukrainian side wins. Um, but that's what I'm saying. You're asking for forgiveness. For, <laughs> not, well, you're not, not even asking not for forgiveness. You're just hoping. No, you are. You, you, by, by the fact that you're not asking, if you if you are not explicitly asking for permission, you are implicitly asking for forgiveness if you get caught. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent about the Ukraine war. I know it's a, I know it's a hot topic, but we're getting we're getting towards the end here. Um, you know, we're, we're running short on time. Let's do a quick round of like summary of thoughts on hackback just off the cuff why don't we start with you drew okay. <laughs> yeah, right. hackbacks good or good or no <laughs> should we should we do them uh should we do them i would be in favor of them but i think we have to be very careful with it <laughs> that's such that's the biggest asterisk that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you like you like that cop out answer? That's I totally got, a cop out. I, I got others. I got others on this card that I'm reading from right now. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah. How, how how to accurately you know answer questions that are political in nature? <laughs> Don't answer that. Sorry, I, sorry, officer. I didn't know you. Couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Logan. You know, it's kind of hard. Um, there's clearly a desire for hackback to be a thing. And people are clearly doing it today, whether we want them to or not. So I'm inclined to say, pass a law, see what happens, accept the risk. It's going to go off the rails. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> and like, but like, we have to accept that as a country, you know. And then years in the future we can refine it through case law and hopefully it won't be as as scary and hopefully we don't kick off any huge conflicts it's just so risky it's so <laughs> I know, risky it's like, let me let me reevaluate my it's like oh you know what that is actually kind of difficult <laughs> asterisk <laughs> yeah man i'm glad i don't have to pass this bill yeah would you would you be a, would you want to be a technical advisor for a bill like this yeah I would <laughs> talk talk to me after the show. <laughs> I, I wasn't saying that. I was just interested in you know. <clears throat> Can we let's 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 put forth the what? security uh, explained hack back attack <laughs> and then some other words that rhyme with attack <laughs> bill and then propose it. Giving Set me crap for saying the asterisk, but you know you didn't even answer your own question, Chris. I know. I, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, there's a clear need for. There's a clear need for a better defensive measure for private sector in the U.S., for sure. Um, I would think that one approach for that might be, hey, we know, for instance, what's going on with Russia with like the, oh, all of these crazy ransomware attacks are coming in, which are like provocations of war, which are kind of leading up to the Ukraine invasion. The right answer to that is sanctions against the country where they're being launched from, holding 
holding the, it's like, it's like your two kids, you know, your kids go to school and your kids get in a fight at school. It's the parents need to talk it out, right? Because it's like, hey, this should be illegal on your end. Um, so sort of deal. I don't know if hack back is the right answer to that. Um, but there's clearly a lack of capability that we need to, that we need to fix. Anywho, thank you for joining us for this conversation on hackback attacks. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if there's any part of this that was educational, but, but, but maybe you'll be slightly more informed on the issue because, yeah, it is a very, a very hairy issue. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with these bills. But some, something's got to change because the private sector really needs some, some additional support. Anything else, Logan? I got nothing. All right. See you all next time. See ya.